Welcome back to the Upper Tier Podcast, the football podcast we bring you each and every week on the Dynamo Podcast Network. Head over to YouTube, smash that subscribe and bell notification button. Audio versions of the show are available through Spotify. And if you'd like to contact the show, you'll get us on Twitter at the underscore upper underscore tier, or you'll get us on Facebook and Instagram, the Upper Tier. Joining me tonight for a very interesting topic, a topic that's come up many a time on the Monday mashups. Um, and I can't think of a better guy than to bring on than my partner in crime on these VAR decisions at times. Mark, our resident referee. How are we doing, Cos? How are you? How's it going, Cos? Thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, no, not about it all. Seems like it's been a while since we've shared the screen, actually, as well, yeah. isn't it? Like, uh, it's been a long time. What's it, about three, three mashups back, maybe? Probably, yeah. yeah. Just been out the door with work and trying to win money playing pool, you know yourself. <laughs> <laughs> the hustle is real. The hustle oh, is yeah. real. Oh, yeah. Um, I thought I'd get you on. We do a quick little episode on VAR. It's uh, three years since it was approved by the Premier League. Um, and I thought we'd have a chat about it. And, and I could bring the perspective from the fan side of things. Mm. And you could bring the perspective from fan side of things but also from a refereeing point of view because you're in the the cold face of that every weekend as a referee over here in in the the, the Irish league in the trenches um, in the trenches as they say yeah the show of soil and sideline solidarity and all this stuff that's going on at the moment yeah remember when referees were real men no <laughs> nah, oh, no. it's all changed now cousin. absolutely let's i suppose where do we begin Let, let's have a chat about var i mean there was there was fans and and referees and players all alike clamoring for this that they mm. wanted it brought in that there was let's suppose i'd say a dip in the standard of refereeing for a long time and a lot of decisions were being made wrong that were very blatant decisions yeah yeah um, that were obviously causing teams points and results and all that kind of thing. And I think mm. you've alluded to it before, and it was never more obvious than last year with Sheffield United and Aston Villa, that goal, if we remember, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it could have easily ended up in relegation and all this kind of stuff, mm. and um, but it didn't. Um, but let, let's have a talk. I mean, in terms of VAR, I mean, your initial thoughts on it when it, when it was being touted to the Premier mm. League. Yeah, well, initially, like we've been talking about VAR within the referee circle since I think it was 2012, 13, when they, they kind of brought it in in Holland. And obviously, a lot of sports fans would have seen it working in the rugby and the cricket. But, it, it, you know, it, it doesn't transi- it necessarily transition, you know, brilliantly into another sport. You have to work on it, work on it. You know, went over to the MLS. It, it kind of got a little bit better and then it brought it back to Holland. And obviously, when the time there was talk about coming to the Premier League, I'd say there was probably, you know, an 80-20 kind of fan situation of people in favour of it. You know, because you've seen, you've seen the decisions being made by referees in the Premier League. And I always say here, you know, the referees are only human. They can only go on what their assistant referees are seeing. And don't forget, the Premier League is play, played at such a pace where, you know, players get brushed over with, you know, a, a feather. And it's so hard to, you know, tell what's genuine or not. So it was, for me, it was great to see something coming in that was going to help a referee with its decision-making. And obviously, like I said, since 2012-13, I had been kind of developing from Holland. So by the time it came around here, you would have thought, you know, in theory, it should have been the polished and finished uh, product. But it hasn't been that for me anyway. Yeah, kind of. They, they've made changes as they went along. And like everything, I mean, 
as you said, it doesn't translate necessarily from one kind of sport to another. Mm. I mean, if you look at cricket and you look at rugby, there tends to be breakdowns in those games and pauses and, and you know, take stock and all that kind of stuff. So it, it's, yeah. it's, it's natural for those two sports to have this kind of thing. But in football, where there's no real stoppage, you know what yeah. I mean? It, it's, it's full blast. I know it goes out for throw-ins and goal kicks and all that yeah, kind of stuff, but, it, but it's a hundred miles an hour generally, you know what yeah. I mean? So, um, but yeah, I think I think when it came in, I think fans were quite excited because if you think about some of the, the positives that were touted at the time about it, they were talking about better decision making. They were talking about excitement during games. <laughs> they were talking about maintaining player discipline, yeah, uh, avoiding controversial decisions and improving the game. Now it's funny looking now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, looking so back now, at that. So now you now you look at those four or five kind of things that it was supposed to deliver, mm. and you're thinking, has it delivered on them <laughs> in I reality? Don't think so I don't think so. Like when you look at it when, when it was introduced, and you, you're talking about what you're just talking about there, you, you think of the lower teams in the league. You know, there's always talk about the top six, top eight, getting all the decisions, penalty decisions and this, that and the other. You know, they, those clubs near the bottom and, and mid-table would have been looking at that going, right, this is this is our... Everyone says it levels itself over a season, but doesn't really, you know, that type of way. Um, but as a fan, you're kind of thinking, right, at least the decisions are going to be, you know, they're going to be spot on, well, meant to be spot on. But like, if you're in a stadium and it's taken four or five minutes for a decision, you, you're going to get absolutely frustrated. And you know yourself, because when you celebrate a goal, your, your initial reaction is to jump and go mad, but you're kind of thinking, yeah. well, I'm going to have to wait now here two minutes to find out, you know, that's, yeah. or if it, if, 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 if goalkeeper says a penalty, again, you're waiting, did he, did his foot leave the line? Like, I'm going to have to wait here to we celebrate. Yeah. So, um, yeah, for me, it's, um, ah, the points you just made there, I don't think we've seen any any significant changes over the last three years, to be honest yeah, with you. I mean, that's 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 in theory what it was supposed to deliver. Mm. Um, I, I get your point there that like someone scores a goal and then it's been reviewed for yeah. two, three, four minutes and you can feel the anxiety around the stadium. Yeah, especially yeah. if it's a home team because it's the whole stadium. <laughs> yeah. And then and then it's kind of like when they're doing the goal check. And then it comes through that it's a goal. You, you've kind of missed the romance of the yeah. celebration, haven't yeah. you, really? Because you've kind of half celebrated already. Yeah. You go, oh, hang on, there's a check. Yeah. And then when it goes, yeah, it's a goal, and you go, yay, let's yeah. get on with it. But it's not like, you know, the the you know the absolute uproar of an yeah, actual exactly. goal celebration. You know? Do you remember that one, though? Uh, do you remember Madison scored against Spurs there last season? And yeah. uh, he does all this dance in front of the camera, and then it's ruled out, and he just looks like a complete dope, like, you know? Yeah. And listen, he's not on his own. There was probably yeah, 30,000 yeah, lads well. in the stadium doing yeah. the same thing. But yeah. it is, it's just, it's, it's been crazy, like, you know? Um, for me as well, I think, for me, anything that helps a referee brilliant fantastic but it's it's how it's 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 how it's worked for me Um, i've talked on this program before about premier league referees they're the lowest paid referees of the top five leagues in europe um, and that shows with the var because you look at the other top leagues around europe and it's working really really well Um, you look at euro 2020 the only kind of decision i think that was People kind of looked at and thought, Jesus, was the semi-final England against Denmark that time. I remember the the goal, Sterling's goal, I think it was. Yeah. Um, other than that, I think it was it worked really well in Euro 2020. And I look back at it, the average time for a decision 
to be made was 80 seconds with the VAR in, in Euro 2020. And the reason Very for that good. was, but exactly, and the, but the reason, the difference is, the reason was they had an official judging every different thing. Like you had one official judging the offsides, one official judging the red cards incidents, oh, one okay. official yeah, yeah. Ju- judging the penalty decisions. So you had an official for each one, where in the Premier League, there's only one official observing everything from Stockley Park. And again, that comes down to the FA not investing in officials. Mm. That's where it comes back to, because like I said, all the other top leagues in Europe are getting backing and getting funding, but the FA FA aren't putting it into the uh, referees, you know? Um, And I think that has a great deal to do with it, because we can talk about VAR, but it's still one official talking to another. So it's still human error we're getting. Do you, know, mm. do you know what I mean? You, you look, for instance, like Mike Dean or someone in Stockley Park, he's always going to agree with, for me, going to agree with the referee on the pitch, on the field of play that day. You know, that's, no, it's yeah. just, for me, it goes back to investment. And I don't, I think until the FA puts money into it, I think we're going to get the same old story, you know? Well, here, here's, here's a suggestion for you. And this is my limited knowledge on it as well. The people that sit in Stockley Park, should they be ex-referees or should they be linked to refereeing or should they be more independent? Well, there was talk about this before, like uh, in some of the WhatsApp groups and stuff like that um, with different referees. Like, you're, you're, to, to me, I don't know. Like, it, it's if a referee in Stockley Park is, say, on a Sunday, was out at a match... Mike Dane for instance remember that Mitrovic should have been sent off or he got headbutting or something last season and yeah. he didn't give the red card and then I think there was two weeks later he was stopped in Stockley Park and it was a, an obvious red card in the game and he, he does the exact same decision he did a few weeks ago against Fulham yeah. that's what I'm saying there is a technology there but it's still a referee it's still a human being that's behind the decision making um, and yeah. so for me I, I don't know like you, you hear a lot of you know, ex-players saying, oh, the, the referee, the, he, you never see an ex-player going into refereeing and there's a good reason for that, you know, that's the way. So I don't know necessarily if, if it would work having, like, you know, an independent, say, adjudicator in there with the referee or not, you know? No, what, where I was coming from is if you have the referee that's there, I mean, obviously there's a, you know, there's a bond within refereeing, no yeah, different yeah. than players or managers or whatever it is, and they have their association. Mm. So by definition, they don't necessarily want to go against their mates. Yeah, say, yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? So what I'm saying to you is if you had referees and your linesmen and all the rest of it officiating the game, mm. but when it goes to Stockley Park, then it's people who are not directly involved in refereeing. So what yeah, I'm no. saying is what I'm saying, if Mike Dean is refereeing matches this weekend coming up. Next week, he shouldn't be sitting in Stockley Park. It shouldn't be a referee. It should be a guy who knows the rules of the game yeah, and yeah. a guy who can read the VAR system. Because, yeah. I mean, VAR is supposed to answer everything and you're just you're just picking a moment in time yeah. with a suggestion of where it is and you're reading in the game. So what I'm saying is if you weren't using referees in Stockley Park who potentially have that weekend off, let's say, mm. that's their turn to do Stockley Park. I wonder would the decisions work out better because he wouldn't yeah. be thinking. Well, my team gave me this decision last week, and yeah, this is yeah, and like, kind of, it's like jobs for the boys, and we're looking after each other. Yeah, kind of yeah, and, and look, my team could have whoever's in Stockley Park could be his assistant referee next week in Old Trafford or Anfield, wherever it would be. Yeah. But again, for me, 
that your question it goes back to investment the FA knew in 2012 in 13 season that this was going to eventually come in so they should have been looking at it thinking right we're going to invest in a team that know the laws of the game but aren't actually active officials in yeah. the Premier League uh, Championship League One, League Two. They should have set aside a team because, yeah. like you, you know yourself, they they have their their panels for the descending offs. Mm. You know they have independent panels for um judging whose goal it was and stuff like that. They should have they should have invested in something like that at the mm. time. They didn't do it. They were left to left to just use officials that are there and. They're struggling for officials, really, you know. And again, like you said, there is egos there. You look at Mike Dean, you look at Michael Oliver. Like, Michael Oliver, I thought, was a really good referee coming in. He still is, but the more you do it, the, the bigger the ego gets as well. Yeah, I, th- I think, I suppose that the counter-argument to it really is VAR, the technology that's there, should be able to give even someone who might be a dummy like me about the rules the answer mm. there and then to yeah, yeah. the referee. But where, where it gets a bit contentious, it's not necessarily the offsides. It's it's not necessarily... I, I suppose you could argue it could be some of the penalty decisions. Yeah, yeah. But it, it, it's this whole thing that's come in now. Um, You know, like when a player leaves the ground and, and mm. endangering another player and a follow-through yeah. on a tackle. And it, it got my goal up last weekend because I seen a player getting sent off or everything with a follow-through on a tackle. Mm. And two hours later... I seen a player following through on a high knee mm. on a tackle on Jordan Henderson, Cresswell for West Ham. Yeah, and I yeah. don't want to beat the drum on this just because I'm a Liverpool fan. And he, you know, it didn't result in a red card yeah. literally two hours later. And they weren't really dissimilar. They were both high challenges at yeah. the knee, endangering the player's welfare or whatever you guys call it as the, the actual state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. And, and it's it, just it's just that it's those areas. Yeah. The yeah. VAR can't even fix either. Because if you slow it down, it looks like nearly premeditated murder. Yeah. And if you speed it up, you're not sure whether you're getting it right or not. It's it's again it goes it goes back to consistency and it goes back to in the opinion of the referee that's in charge. Everyone like you could have five people lined up, three will say that's a definite red, the other two will say no. That's you know, they're you can bring all the technology you want in, but it's still gonna go back to the to the human error. It, and it's always gonna happen until and it, to me as well, David Ellery keeps changing the rules. Even in the VAR, the offside rule changed straight. They made the lines thicker to give advantage to the attacking player. You know, they made a mistake the first time around, giving the team lines, and everyone was going mad about offside goals. And um, the laws of the game keep changing and changing, and it does. Uh, as a referee, you're trying to take it in all the time. You have to learn. You have to know all the lo- current laws, existing laws, and then you're learning new laws as well. But at the end of the day, it does go back to human error and people's opinions are going to be divided. Obviously, people love it. Love, you know, that's what football is about and all, but it can be frustrating. Yeah. I know I know the two tackles you're talking about and it does it does give officials a bad name when you don't see yeah. consistency like that, you know? Yeah, and this and this is not me because I, I, I looked at I looked at the Everton one as well, and it's not because I'm a Liverpool fan. 
I thought that was a little bit harsh as well. But mm-hmm. again, he had left the ground and he's endangering the player. And there's there's so many factors that come in that are totally outside of VAR. Really. Yeah, it's yeah. really like you're endangering a player's welfare. Mm-hmm. So it's a straight red or whatever it is. You know what I mean? So it's just it was just interesting to get your take on that. Because I know obviously offsides can be very clear cut or, you mm-hmm. know, if a goalkeeper comes off his line for a penalty or whatever it is, those you can figure out really quick. You yeah, have to take exactly. That. But those ones where you have a contentious tackle, yeah. Or a guy coming a guy coming off the ground, or a guy going in to tackle for a ball, but his momentum takes him through. Yeah, and all yeah. that. Like how are you not? How are you supposed to stop your momentum in the tackle? I know. Well, listen, there, was, there was that red card, Pogba. Remember a few weeks ago, um, hmm. and like I, the minute I seen it, I was like, Jesus, in trouble here. When I seen the replay, and I was like, definitely, definitely straight red. But there was lads WhatsApp me going, how how is that straight red? And all you know, um. Again, he's endangering the safety of opponent. His his studs are over the ball. He's not in control of the tackle, so it's a straight red card by the laws of the game. It doesn't matter, you know, whether it was intentional or not. It's a straight red card. Yeah, the only the only thing I looked at with that is at no point had he got his eye on the ball. He was just looking at the player yeah. going into the tackle, and yeah. that's how I viewed it back then. Yeah. I wasn't looking at his feet or how he went into the ball or the sudden like that. It was the fact that he never once looked at the ball and he looked totally at the player. The player so he was yeah, playing yeah. the player, not the ball. So yeah. that that's what made up my mind on it. Yeah, but yeah, no, I, I do I do see those those decisions there that still require that little bit of human. And even if the referee goes over to the sideline and looks at the screen and slows it down and plays plays it back and slows down, plays yeah. it back. That nearly makes it look worse. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you know oh, yourself, if you go over the top of a ball in a tackle and you slow that down, that's like, that's yeah. time. Yeah, no, absolutely. But And, and the other thing is, we, we don't see many referees going over to the screen, which I, I talked about on here before. And all. I, I, I think when you make a decision, you have to sell it. And we talked about the incident in, uh, was it the Chelsea Arsenal there? Or Chelsea Liverpool, sorry, in yes. Anfield. And Craig Parson, Literally ran over. I think he got about ten yards away from the screen. Look, kind of looked like that, and just sprinted back Didn't to make a decision. That's that was, the thing. Like he was, plumaz, he was pl- he was trying to plumaz the Chelsea team there, really. <laughs> <laughs> but he failed miserably. Because I think it was just before half time as well. The incident yeah. wasn't it? And um, but refereeing is all about selling the decision. If he had mm. went over to the screen, spent a bit of time on it. You know, the crowd will say, right, fair enough. He's actually spent time looking. He's yeah. made the decision. He's had a talk to Stockley Park in his ear. Mm. So, but... Um, well, you would, think, you would think if you're going to jog all the way over. Just, and even, yeah, even, if, minute, even like, if you've made your decision and you're going to act it out, at yeah, least yeah. put a bit of acting in it, you know exactly, what I mean? Like, they'll go over it. and go... And walk off like you know what I mean. Like, no, that's that's what it's about, you know. And and it was a decision that killed what was really a good game up till that point. Even though I'm a Liverpool yeah. fan, but no, no, yeah. definitely. Like look, yeah. I said, it just happened before half time as well. So yeah. God knows. And and Chelsea played well in the second half, but uh, yeah, it is. It's fine lines. It's just fine lines, and you know, it's it's one of those things. I think, and I think I looked it up. The Premier League, Premier League is they take the longest time to make decisions. I know we just talked about that saying it was too fast, but they do take the longest time. And like I said, it takes it away from me. You were at the you were at a few games this season already, like the Brighton game and stuff like that. And you know from your, yourself, the atmosphere kind of dies out a bit oh. if a decision from VAR goes against you, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um yeah, it's just it's 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 I don't know. Let's let's look at the negatives. And um, we did the pros there. So well, it's not the negatives, now. No, it is. Yeah, but this this is this is what when they were looking at it when they were you know when it was coming in. This yeah, is what yeah. came out. What might happen? So one of them was time wastage. 
<laughs> which we yeah. obviously just alluded to and spoke yeah. about. A lack of transparency. Um, you can't always see what's going on. So you're kind of in the cold about it, especially yeah. if you're in a stadium. Yeah. Um, it can still get decisions wrong, which is, we know, yeah. 100%. But the last one is an interesting one. Referees relying more on technology. Mm. So are we, are we going down the road here of referees not necessarily want to make decisions and pushing it back on VAR and going, well, I know where to go on this. This was VAR. Mm. Everything's VAR, VAR, VAR kind of thing. And that whole that whole human element is getting sucked over to a point like, are we staring down the battle in 20 years time of football where the guy in the middle of the park is going to be like a robot, robot or a drone yeah. or something yeah, like that yeah. and not an actual human in a black costume? Well, the last point there, like I said, I said it earlier on. It, to me, it's it's it, they're not relying on technology; they're just relying on another official using the technology to get the decision right, rather than the actual technology itself. Um, because you're always going to have another official in Stockley Park making those decisions, or you know, advising you not making the decision, advising you to change your decision, or advising you that you made the right decision, or then the third option is advising you to go to the screen and actually look at the decision that you have made. Um, so for me, I don't think they're relying, you know, they're, they're lacking and, and, and relying totally on technology myself, to be honest with you. Um, some of you other, yeah, the time, like I said, in, in Euro 2020, the average time was 80 seconds. That's what you want to see. We're not seeing that. It go, Like I said, it goes back to having the officials, the amount of officials in Stockley Park on a game um, at the moment, it's, it's like I said, it's only one making all the decisions. Where if you had more, I think it would be more free flowing. Um, and and rug, in rugby, yes, I know what you're saying about the being in the stands. In rugby, you can actually hear the conversation, what's going on between. Um, now, that is something they're looking at. There's a lot of talk about that. Um, whether or not it be like they were talking about uh, maybe doing a dummy run for the World Cup in Qatar. So mm-hmm. we'll wait and see what happens there. I, th- I think. I think it will make referees' decision-making easier if the crowd can actually hear the conversation that's going on. Between... Be more transparent. Exactly. Be more transparent, and you'd understand where they're coming from. Exactly. How they're applying the, 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 the laws of the game. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, not like, it's not like, geez, what was he thinking there kind of thing. Yeah. You know yeah. exactly what he was thinking. Exactly. Then. And I think, I think, I'm not, I'm not going to say, you know, fans will sympathise with referees when they hear, but you'd like to think it will give them a better understanding of where the referee's decision is coming from if they hear the conversation going on. Um, like I said, it has worked in rugby. You've, you've seen it before, but it's going to take a while. Like, you know, like I said, this has been going on for years and we're still talking about how they can make it better. So it is going to take a lot longer. And um, there's going to be a lot of these dummy runs that are happening. So, um Hopefully they can get us sorted in the next few years and, and we'll be uh, talking about more of the positives of the VAR than the negatives. Yeah, it's also a situation there as well is a lot of the backlash that the refs get. I know at times they get it wrong and some of it's deserving, but some of it is coming from an element of the fan base where they actually don't understand the rules of the game. Yeah. And they're just freaking out because obviously their team has been denied a goal or denied a penalty yeah, yeah. or an offside or whatever it is. So, you know, and I'm sure they understand those basic things. But yeah. when you talk about things like tackles and endangering a player and a player's welfare and yeah. all that kind of stuff. They they don't go to like these these guys are ah, there's no tackling in the game yeah, anymore. Yeah. Kind of, you know what I mean? No, like, and, and, and fairness, like I said, the laws of the game are changing constantly. Like the David Ellery's come in and he's changing them as, as he pleases, and it's even yeah. confusing current re- current officials and referees around the country here yeah. and abroad. You know? Yeah. Well, we remember 
we like we remember going back a few years ago. We remember the frustration of fans at decisions being made wrong and and the call for VAR, and fans were watering at the mouth when this was coming in and mm. stuff like that. But I'm I'm looking here now. I had a look. I had a look at a couple of surveys since then. Um, you know, and the, and the survey said, <laughs> you know, yeah, um, only 26% of fans in an FSA survey, 33,000 fans were surveyed in relation to VAR across the board. And only 26% of those fans were in support of VAR still, which is, which is, which is, which is mad, isn't it? When yeah, you think about, about it, right when you... you know, um, <laughs> and they cited, um, the inability to celebrate a goal and the time taken over decisions. There you go. So we've knocked it out of the park there, there straight away with what the issues are. Um, another one that came in that was interesting, another survey that I looked at, um, 95% of uh, surveyed uh, fans said that VAR made the experience of watching a game less enjoyable. Hmm. Um but I suppose if you go back and you look at some of the bad decisions that they got wrong oh, yeah. in the day, was you that is, it, was that was that any yeah, more enjoyable? It's, it's um it's a double-edged sword, isn't it? You know, you, you can give out now and then you know the 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 conversations years ago in work on a Monday morning, oh, that was never a penalty. Ah, oh, yeah, it was. You know, you're you, it's it's still gonna be like that, you know. And then when you have your refereeing hat on, it's like be careful what you wish for. Yeah, yeah. Now you've asked it. for it. Now you've got it. And now there's nowhere to go complain. Now it's, that's it. Like um, you know, you can't you can't take it away straight away. There's gonna be you know, there's gonna be um, you have to nothing's gonna be perfect straight away. You're gonna have to iron out some issues before you get to the end product. Well, see, there's no there's no real middle ground. There's nowhere else to go. It's either technology or it's human. Yeah, and there's yeah. errors in technology and yeah. there's errors in human. So which which balances out that bit more? The other side of that survey was an interesting one. Forty four percent of fans turned around and said that because of the way it's gone, and um, they'd be less likely to attend the match in future as a result. Yeah, that, yeah. that was a, that was an interesting one. And that's a high percentage now. But as you said, I know as well from standing in the ground. When like the anxiety is unbelievable when yeah. you're waiting for the decision to come through, and Absolutely. all well and good when you're looking at it and you can see it. I know on a match day, but depending on where you're sitting in the stadium, yeah. like if you're standing behind a goal or you're at either end of the pitch, you can't really see the goals that are being scored either end. You're just yeah. assuming that the reaction of the other fans is yeah, what you're, you're waiting. Yeah, you're just waiting. Like we we seen it, and when I was over there, as you said in the Brighton game, Salah scored disallowed. Brighton scored disallowed, disallowed, you know what yeah. I mean? And it was just like, you know, and even the build-up, I think, to one of their goals, there was a free kick. I think Firmino was was felled off the ball or something like that, and they never brought it back and all. Yeah. It was uproar. It's, it's a different experience, isn't it? Like, And you think with that 44%, you think after the 18 months where, you know, or 12 months or whatever it was, crowds can go into the stadium, you think they they wouldn't mind going back and, and even having a bit of VAR involved as well, you know? Yeah, they also got some feedback in that survey, which is an interesting one. The comments that came out was one, it was ruining the game, <laughs> which all the all the original decisions back in the day were ruining the Ruin game, the as, game well. as well. Just so depending on whether you were on the good side or the bad yeah. side of the decision. And one which was an interesting one, and one that you've brought up before as well. Um, I don't know the rules of the game anymore. Yeah, and um, because it's gone down so scientific in terms of VAR, yeah. So like, there's there's layers in which decisions are made, 
yeah. and guys only see the top layer and go, oh, I think it was a foul. That's a yellow card or a red card. Sure, sure. like two seasons ago, they, ch- they changed the laws about the handball and last season they changed it back again. <laughs> so you're like sit, sitting there watching the game, you're, you, people are confused, like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, just, it's unbelievable. They, they did another survey. This was done by uh, Comreg. Uh, 2,100 fans, which is which is low enough, but obviously they probably yeah. have a decent mix, but yeah. still 2,100. Uh, 30% of those fans thought that it had, it had improved the game. 44% said it had gotten worse, which mm-hmm. kind of ties in with your match day experience and stuff like that. Um, 36% of supporters between the age of 18 to 34 believe VAR has made football better. But so, where they have that age bracket goes. <laughs> well, I'm well out of it anyway, you know what I mean? I, I'm there and looping back around. Uh, um, so uh, I suppose maybe if you're looking at that age bracket, that age bracket might be more in tune with technology yeah, and might be more so. in tune with the understanding of the rules and dig deep into it to yeah. get their knowledge. 29% of fans aged 55 uh, compared to 29% of fans aged 55 or over. Which is still not our bracket type. Yeah. So, it's <laughs> so we're we're the middle ground yeah. there, you know. Um, well, now yeah, it but, is, and now I was just gonna say it probably is from a certain. I think you said what was a thirty three percent there. Said mm. it, it's probably from their perspective. They're probably looking at it and thinking, and like I'm a fan as well, probably thinking the referees have maybe got a bit laxy because of VAR, and that's what they're probably getting upset about. Because mm. I, I I feel that way as well, you know. Yeah, absolutely. They delved down into clubs as well, so they made it specific, which was a good idea, I think, as well, because you know yourself, depending on how your team is doing and when, doing, you're, yeah, when you're doing yeah. the survey, you exactly. know. Like, if you're winning all the trophies, your VAR is the best thing yeah, ever, yeah. you know. But um, Arsenal fans were surveyed. 44% are more likely to believe that VAR has made football better. That was Arsenal. 37% of Chelsea fans, 34% of Liverpool fans, and 32% of Manchester United fans felt it had improved the game more. Now, I know our viewers out there, and you could drop your comments into the episode, but our viewers out there would tend to believe that the, the, the teams, the, the, the original top four, if you like, or whatever it is, would tend to get more rub of the green and more yeah. rub of decisions. Yeah, exactly. And over time, I suppose, with the, with the history and the success of Arsenal and Man United, the other teams would believe that they would get more rub of the green as well yeah. with the success that they've had. So it was interesting to see that, yeah, you know, the percentages drop as the success goes up, yeah. you know, depending on the, the team that you follow. And you see, they they mustn't have found any City fans to do the survey. Did you see that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was talking about the original top four. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's all right. That's all right. <laughs> Just put that out there. Well, now uh, that is, you're right. Like I said at the start of the episode, like years ago, you know, oh, they got all the decisions. It was usually the team teams up there in the lower league, you know, the teams at the bottom weren't getting the decisions. Mm. And it's the same, you know, it's like I said, it's meant to balance itself out, but it never did, you know. we you know, the amount of penalties probably Arsenal won, we won, you know, and people are yeah. going mad, but um, it's always going to be like that. There's there's no change in that. It was kind of more enjoyable that way, though, wasn't it? It was kind <laughs> yeah. of like, because you could celebrate or you could go yeah. crazy or whatever it is. They also interviewed then younger fans, which I, believe, I presume was below the 18-year-old bracket, because that's the brackets we were, we were working in. 35% said that VAR was being applied consistently. 
in that age bracket and 33% said it was inconsistently. So there's nothing conclusive there. It's going yeah, to be yeah. of a coin, really, you know yeah. what I mean? So, yeah, again, it depends on when you took the survey, if you got a good decision that weekend. Yeah, yeah, or, or not, like... Yeah, but it, um, and it's it's probably tough as well for a lot of younger people because they're only used to this now. You know, they wouldn't have mm. they wouldn't have had the thrill of going to the games in the nineties. You know, when the the pitches were all cut up and there was tackles flying in everywhere. You know, you look at Premier League old Premier League uh, years, the amount of goals that were also back in the day. You know, um, and they'll never they'll never experience that. But yeah. it's all about technology now for them. Like, yeah. They don't know any better. And some of those goals, when you look at those Premier League years, they're absolutely golden because like, uh, it wasn't marginal. Like, they yeah, were, like these proper. guys were, you know, at the moment now, they're measuring your armpit to your yeah. toe. It's, Back it's, then, it's, you could have been yeah. three bodies ahead and get it's away. And sure, do you remember even the Roy Carroll incident against Spurs that time? Your man took a shot from the halfway line and he spills it. And it's about three yards over the, over the line. Like, and yeah. he even stops and he looks up and he, he continues. The, the, those decisions will be a goal straight away. Yeah, absolutely. I had a look then. I had a look at some of the decisions that cropped up that were very interesting um, that some of the fans cited in some of the surveys. One was the uh, the West Ham versus Aston Villa. It was the Ollie Watkins goal that was ruled offside because of his arm, um, which fans thought was harsh. And I think that was one of those decisions that led to a change in terms of the measuring of that and all. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And when it was first introduced, you know, they said uh, a part of your body that you can score with can't be offside. And people were saying, well, as they said his arm was offside, you can't, you know, score with your arm. So they changed it around again. Mm. So that's one of those things, like I said, everyone does be confused by. Yeah. And then as it progresses more and more up the arm, as it gets to the higher area, it becomes more and more legal. Yeah, so like, it. where do you go with it? Um, the other one was the, um, the Manchester United versus West Brom. Uh, Slavin Village basically had a meltdown. Um, after referee David Coote reversed a penalty decision ruling Bruno Fernandes that touched the ball in a challenge on Conor Gallagher. Um, yeah, yeah. So that, that, was, that was another one that incensed a few of them. Bruno um, was in the wrong box at that time. Yeah. And <laughs> I know you actually I think two weeks later did Billich have a go off uh, Mike Dean on the, at half time on the pitch in Goodison Park. He followed him and Mike Dean sent him off then. That was only a few weeks right, after yeah. that. Yeah, well, we, we know how hot-tempered and hot-blooded Slavon Village was yeah, anyway. But, them Croatians, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Um, then the other one was Crystal Palace versus Leeds, Patrick Bamford. Yeah, he came out and he said, Var, remember he did that famous interview? Yeah, the he interview says, after, yeah. football after his equaliser was ruled out. Yeah. And then, of course, the, the one that's probably the, the one that's cropped up at times as being one of the most contentious ones was the, the GBH tackle. From Pickford and Van Dyke that put him out for the whole season. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Talk talking about a lad who left the ground and endangered the, the welfare of a player. <laughs> there, there you go again. Michael Oliver was a referee that day, and mm. to me, he was you know when you seen him coming up through the ranks in League One, League Two, because I did watch all the the lower leagues and stuff like that, mm. and he was well sought after, and he came in and he did well, but he let himself down in that game. You know, it should have been a straight red card. He, Pickford endangered the safety of an opponent, and you know, obviously, because yeah. you can't give a you, you know, you can't necessarily give a red card about you know the damage because he didn't know what damage he had done at the time, but mm. it was he definitely you knew straight away in days in the safety of an opponent, yeah, absolutely. So that's that's kind of where I came from on it, and that's what I was kind of looking at. Um, anything to add going forward? I mean, I mean, what would you like to see happen? 
is there any changes you'd like to see come in? Um, like I said, the, the one for me would be the communication that, you know, you can actually hear it if you're watching it on telly or if you're in the stadium, you can actually hear the communication between the officials on the on the field of play and the officials in, in Stockley Park in charge of the VAR. Um, again, like I said earlier at the top of the show, more investment from the FA. The FA has needed more officials there. I'll go back to Euro 2020 again. The more officials, the more if the more officials that are there, the more efficient and you know quick the decisions are going to be. And I think that can only benefit the game going forward. And and the more silent some of those fans from them surveys that say it's ruining the game. Um, it I think proper investment needs to needs to be made as well. Yeah, I, I think if they can speed up the decisions, I think they'll get more of them right than wrong. Yeah. Because I think the more that you look at something, the more you start guessing, yeah, yeah. second guessing yeah. yourself and guys are inputting and stuff like that and you start thinking different things. So yeah, I, I, I think like, and I suppose for referees, I mean, if you're a decent referee on the continent and stuff like that, your first good feeling is probably the right one in general. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? It's Because you don't see... Compared to the, the Premier League, you don't see a lot of decisions being overruled and changed from the yeah. referee to the VAR. Yeah. Um, compared to, like, I, I think you see a bit of it, don't you, in the Premier League, yeah. where it's starting to come through, where there is a little bit of overruling and changing yeah. and stuff like that. Um, again, it's VAR doing its job, basically. You know, it's it's not like we don't want to see referees overruled, but we just want yeah. to see between the two to get the decision right. Um, That's trial and error now as well, isn't it? Like, it's... but. People are still learning about technology now. About, like I said, at the start of the season, they might made the Lions ticker to give advantage to the attacker. Um, mm. You're going to see little tweaks like that. But once it's all said and done, and like I said, hopefully they can introduce where there's communication, I think we'll be talking about VAR more in a positive way than what is now, you know? Well, technology is like anything. It keeps on getting better and better and better and improving That's and all it. the time, you know what I mean? So yes, they will iron out a lot of stuff eventually. But again, as we said earlier, you'll always be left with that decision of like a flying tackle or a yeah, leaving yeah. the ground or something like that. And, you know, that, you, that's you where can, the best technology is up here, you know. Yeah, you can watch a video a hundred times. But I mean, if you look at body language and facial and how they were approaching it in that build up to it and stuff like that, that really sells the story of what yeah. the intent was in the tackle, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, like you said earlier, because uh, it's, you know, your good feeling. If I'm in Greystones or I'm in Brickfields, I'm on my own, you know straight away. What, what to do when you can't go back then and you know there is going to be human error like I said but with the technology that's there we have to be getting right and the more consistent we are like I said the more fans will be happy and like you were saying there it's the timing of it as well you need to be we need to be a lot quicker mm. but at the same time you still have to come to the end goal of making the right decision yeah absolutely well listen pleasure having you on as always I mean Thanks if I'm going to talk on. about refereeing or VAR there's no one else on the network that comes on to talk about this. Because oh, look, I have my cards ready to go. Yeah. And all. <laughs> but even, even when we're on the Monday mashup and you break it down for the boys, there's still uproar about it and stuff oh, like that. You, know, which is yeah, you can the, never get it right. The passion that we love. But as always, Dynamo Podcast Network on YouTube for the videos. Spotify for audio versions of the show. This has been your upper tier look at VAR. Three years since it's been approved in the Premier League. Let us know, fans, what you think. Are you all in? Are you all out? Do you want it to go back to the way it was? Or is technology here to stay? We shall see. Till next time, Mark, a pleasure. Cheers. Cheers, Miles. Thanks for having me on. Cheers, bud.